Welcome to 801, Critical Conversations Beyond Backstage. Tonight in the pod bar, we have Herman, Jen, and me, John. If you remember from our previous episode's last call, we welcome TJ Wildo. When is the right time to go to grad school? I think the real answer, at least to me, and we're going to talk about this for a while, but I think we're going to come back to this. It depends, and we don't know when you should go to grad school. Uh, I didn't know if or when I should go to grad school until like halfway through grad school. And most of the way through grad school, I questioned whether I should really be a TD. And I still kind of question whether I should be a TD. Uh, so I don't know if taking time off between undergrad, I went directly from undergrad to grad school, and I don't know if taking time off would have been good for me. I don't know that I ever would have went to grad school. Looking back at grad school, it's one of the best career choices and, and personal growth choices I made in my career, but, uh, I don't think I would have ever went back, which is why I went directly from undergrad to grad school. Um, and I definitely wouldn't be able to have my current job had I not gone uh, and gotten that terminal degree, that MFA. I can definitely agree with that sentiment of uh, why I went right into grad school after undergrad, because I too would probably not have gone back uh so it, it which also means that i'm fully admitting that my terminal degree is kind of collecting dust in a corner somewhere uh because i knew that i wasn't going to use it until much later uh i just wanted it to have it in the beginning not to say that i haven't had the opportunities to teach and and so the degree has been required uh which I'm grateful for, but the, the main reason was because uh, I knew that I wasn't going to get back. So I think what we're trying to say is just knowing the type of person that you are uh, and how, how good you would be at, how good you are at school in general. Uh, people aren't that good at school. Uh, I was terrible at school. Like, I, I, I like, yeah, I, I was a terrible student. Uh, and I, I often actually think about how I would handle myself now as a faculty member, and I would not like me <laughs> at all. Uh, but, but I think that there, there's specific skills outside of teaching that I learned in grad school, structural design and automation and blah, 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 that kind of stuff uh, that I use all the time when I'm working both as a faculty member, but also as a freelance, you know, TD rigor, that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, the reason I went to grad school to be a TD was actually looking at the list of classes I would take in grad school and saying, wow, there, there's all of this interesting stuff that I'm gonna take graduate level classes on that I don't even fully understand what these things mean currently. So uh, I got some great advice from a mentor that said, you gotta pursue it if, if they're really gonna pay you to do that. And even though it's not enough, but you know, you're not paying tuition to go get this education, you can go back to doing whatever you would have done after the fact. I think that as someone who recruits graduate students, if you are not ready to go to grad school and grad school is not undergrad, that is something we talk about in the first semester at UF, that it is different. It is uh, more intense. The expectation is higher. Um, yes, you are taught things, but then you are expected to stand on your own, right? Yes, come into my class. I'm going to teach you how to do this. And now you're going to go do it. And I don't want to have to hold your hand or drag you through it. 
Um, so if you're not ready to stand on your own and deal with all the things that that requires of you, including like, you know, coping with your own stresses and internal anxieties, I, you might want to go out and work a little bit first and, and mature a little. And I, I do want to acknowledge, I went straight from undergrad to grad as well. Um, but I was, I don't know, I was a very good student, unlike John. Um, so once I committed, I was committed. It really, it really didn't matter. Um, but what I see in grad students a lot is when you come straight out of undergrad to grad school, there's like a dividing line. For some people, it's totally fine. They adjust, they excel. And for other people, they just it's just not the right time, right? Like another year or two, maybe doing some sort of apprenticeship, internship, um, taking calls with a local, something like that would have been useful just for them to understand a little bit more about the, the industry and the work environment um, and maybe just mature a tiny, tiny bit. I think we're hitting on some interesting points that we should kind of get out uh, even even if just in bullet point form of like what is grad school and and I say that more like in a logistical practical thing like not not philosophical at all because <clears throat> uh, certainly undergrads and and even younger students will will have a certain vision as to what grad school is so we're already establishing that grad school yes does have a school component like you will be in classrooms you will be uh, learning some things more in depth that you didn't learn in undergrad, some harder material. But as Jen's just saying, is just saying that you're, you're also, uh, there's also the expectation of you standing on your own. And so there is a, an experience component to it. You are doing shows. The, the, the size scope of those shows, it, it all kind of varies from program to program, but you're doing shows and you're also doing classwork, right? Uh, 50-50-ish, uh, again, that detail varying. Um, and, and we all talked about going straight from undergrad into grad school in our specific occasions, but also knowing the two of you, we have been working during the undergrad portion. Uh, while we were undergrad students, we were doing some outside work as well. I know that myself, I already had a few designs under my belt. I had already joined the IA, uh, lit, uh, the union uh, as an electrician uh, and had some professional credits as I was working in undergrad. So uh, I, what I'm getting at is that I also don't think in my opinion that grad school is a place to uh, gain more show credits, gain more credits for your resume in general. It's more about honing in on the skill sets that you've already shown an interest in, have developed, are beginning to fine tune. There, there's already, there's already got to be some kind of foundation to you prior to grad school. For sure. And, and I think the skills are, are a vehicle in like how to think and how to behave and how to approach the work. So you know, there's certain skills that you pick up and you practice in graduate school, regardless of discipline, and you may learn new technology, you may learn something more in depth, you may learn how to do something differently, whatever, but it's all a vehicle for, for how to think, right? And, and you know, I, I also had pretty substantial work credits after graduating from undergrad, but, and I TD'd a few shows downtown and that kind of thing. Uh, but going to graduate school, I, I learned a, a completely different way of approaching projects and approaching technical production and, and all of the, all of the steps through it, um, whether adhering to them or not, or like what the spreadsheet looks like or, or wh what the building technique is or whatever, um, that all developed and, and I gained more opinions about the way I like to approach things as opposed to uh, taking, taking like figuring, reinventing the wheel every single time, right? Um, yeah, you develop, a, you develop a process, right? Yeah. 
that's specific to you to some extent. Um, I always talk about grad school as if it's an accelerant, right? You can spend three years in a relatively safe environment, right? It's still school. Um, and you can try things and experience things and it's gonna be intense between classwork, which is aimed at obviously accelerating your um, understanding of different topics, your skill sets as well. And then you can practice those things. And when you're out in the real world, it's not that you can't learn these things, it's that that's not the goal, right? The goal in, in the real world is, is the production and to do the thing and for you to be able to make a living. <laughs> It's yeah. interesting that you say accelerant because I, I always talk about grad school in the context of cutting in line. Mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I've worked with worked with people that, you know, much older than me, the same age as me, whatever. And, and me being, uh, having gone through grad school, I learned certain things and certain techniques that made me more qualified for a leadership role that they may not have been qualified for because it took longer for them to learn CAD or, or whatever, because they were doing it on their own. Whereas I went through three years of jam-packed training uh, in a lot of different layers, uh, which made me qualified for different jobs. Uh, and, and maybe it would have taken me 10 years instead of three years to amass that amount of information had I not gone to graduate school or had I gone to a different school or, or something like that, right? There's a lot of different types of programs and a lot of di different programs out there. And, and it's real important to find the one that's right for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like that, that wording that Jen used of the accelerant uh, yeah. or even the cutting in line. Like that, that's a great way to, to, to put it. Um, and, and yeah, you're right that you are in a safer environment because once you're out, then yeah, the thought process is different, but pretty much because money's on the line, whether it's your pay or the budget of the show or something else, but it tends to be financially related. So yeah, you tend to make at that point uh, choices that you're more certain of as opposed to experimenting as you would in, in school. Um, couple other points that uh, I've heard you guys make uh, when we've talked about similar topics is, um, well, one being Gretzel kind of seems to serve as a, as a foundation to the, the beginnings of your networking circle. Uh, people tend to kind of build out from there and, and sure people can have contacts coming into grad school, but uh, if you're kind of starting out, uh, your, your networking kind of seems to start there. Um, but also a mentor. Uh, it seems like uh, mentoring, mentorships, mentor-mentee relationships uh, really get a good footing in grad school and certainly seem to prosper beyond. Uh, so that seems to be also a key element as well when looking for grad school is looking for that mentor. Who, who, who do you click with? That's the whole decision. From a recruiter standpoint, right? Like that's the whole decision is can, can I teach this person and not, not from a, do they have the right skill level to take my class? That's irrelevant. Um, but are they receptive to me in an interview? Uh, are we having a good conversation? Is there some sort of vibe happening um, in this interview? And I think for the for the student, it should feel the same way, right? If you're in an interview and the recruiter makes you uncomfortable or the, your potential mentor makes you uncomfortable, you probably should not go to grad school there. And it really does not matter what the reputation of that place is. Um, that was actually the advice I got from a friend of mine in undergrad too. And I see it play out over and over again every year now. I think I really gravitated towards my graduate school mentor, um, who I still talk to fairly regularly. Uh, and, and anyone who would ask, he's the, he's the reason I went to the place I did. And, and really, uh, he worked a lot with me as a mentor uh, while I was a student and beyond. So I, I think one of, the, one of the first things he said is that you need to trust 
the mentor. You need to trust the head of that program like all the way. Um, and, and I think that when you agree to that trust and sort of go all in on it, uh, it, it helps with later conflict and, and, you know, it's, it, it, it's an all in kind of deal. I think if, if you can't, if you can't jump all in to graduate school, it's not the right time. It's not the right program. Something's off. Um, yeah. And so we're talking about going to grad school, uh, right. And, and for some people, that's not the choice. That's not the choice to make. It's for one reason or another, or, or it's not the choice to make in that moment. Um, and that, that's not a wrong decision, right? So if we look at the flip side, uh, now not going to grad school, uh, pros and cons there, you know, I, in, in, in a way-ish, very-ish, uh, there, there's some things that are kind of complete opposite, like it's not as much of an accelerant uh, because again, money is more on the line, uh, but real world experience has uh, equal, uh, has great value as well. And some programs out there don't have the real world resources uh, that you're actually gonna be using. Uh, you kind of only learn it via book or in theory. Um, so there's, there's the practice of it and getting to use what's being used out there. Um, uh, but yeah, you're kind of are moving at a little bit of a slower pace potentially, um, but you're working your way within the professional hierarchy. You're working your way up already sooner before a grad student would because you're out there. Um, what, what else? Any Anything else? Any other pros and cons? I don't think there's a specific path for everyone. Um, it's a big, it depends, right? So is it the right time for you? Is it the right program for you? Are the right opportunities for you there? Uh, do you click with the mentor? Does the mentor click with you? Is there the right amount of space for the, the, for the class? What your cohort is like is a big deal too. Uh, I think about my classmates. Um, and they were as impactful on my experience in grad school as the faculty, uh, for sure. And, and so there's no one shoe, one size fits all or whatever. Uh, and there's no dictated path for half to, right? Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I also, I, I think you have to follow your own gut in your own path, right? I also think it's not a one-time decision. Every, every August, new graduate students start at every program. So if you decide you're gonna graduate in May and not go next August, there's always the next year. There's always 10 years later, right? There's, there's always grad schools looking for students um, and you'll always have the opportunity until you've already gone. So if you go somewhere mm -hmm. and you have a terrible time, yeah, you check to the box, you're done. And there's definitely been plenty of uh, students or, or former students, I should say, that I've, I've heard take that path. Like they graduated from undergrad and they were actually very similar to TJ in the sense of like, oh, I kind of like everything right now, or I kind of not sure what I really like right now. And they, they venture off into professional world and they get to kind of play around a little, especially if you kind of get more of those kind of general technician type jobs in the beginning uh, that allow you to explore with other departments uh, within the organization. Uh, it can open up some things that uh, can open up your eyes to some resources, some tools, some other people, some other paths that you whole other career paths that you didn't even really know existed and and again once you find that spark people at that point have then said like got it now I know what I want to do now I'm ready for grad school uh and a year or two or three or more have gone by um you know I'm thinking through my current graduate students I have seven graduate students currently 
And I think like six of seven went out and worked or they had a prior career and then, and then decided to do this. So six of seven were not straight out of undergrad. Mm. That it doesn't mean I don't take students straight out of undergrad. I do. It's just somehow that's the makeup right now. Right. And some of them went one year and did one internship somewhere. Some of them, you know, had years and years of experience and now they're, they're back for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I think those, those good professional internships that are out there, they're a little bit few and far between, but there are a handful out there. I feel like a lot of times those get underplayed. Um, and and I've recently been advising a lot of my students, uh, especially ones that maybe didn't come right into design tech. Maybe maybe they started as a different major and then came in a little bit later or whatever to and to take advantage of those one year internship apprenticeship things at major lorts, uh, and it's got to be the right non exploitive kind of situation. So the vetting process can be kind of lengthy, um, but it's hard to find those as well, as well, right? Like there's no URTA style interview thing. They're mixed into USITT and whatever, but uh, they're not called out as clearly, I don't think. Uh, but th those can be great opportunities for a student who's looking for more, more depth in one area um to to give it a try you know uh i i also think that it's unfortunate but it, it's better to leave a program after your first year than to stick it out a lot of times right because once you get that mfa you know like i can't imagine going for a second one and like you're going to be in school for longer than doctors right I used, to, <laughs> I used to say all the time and i actually would still say it i would go back and get my mfa again like another mfa i i loved graduate school i the intensity of it the creativity of it my colleagues i loved everything about it um and i thought it was the hardest thing i had ever done and then i went out and got a job and was like well that that thing over there, that was great. Let's go back and do more school, right? Which is probably why I'm a professor now. Yeah, right? I, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I wanna talk about this, this X factor that TJ brought up in his prompt, this little caveat, because a lot of our little back and forth here of to do school or not to do school, uh, these, these are, these are similar uh, uh, conversation points that I've heard other people make and when this topic gets brought up and uh, and and yeah I, that's because they're right <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah so different school of thoughts and different opinions and it comes down to the individual and blah 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 right but now we've got this uh, hiatus that TJ mentioned and interested to hear if either one of you thinks that kind of changes anything uh, because yeah there's not as many shows going on there aren't as many there, there isn't as much work out there at the moment uh, sure things are rebuilding right now but not fully back so uh, I, I hear the the point that he's trying to make like should he take advantage because he's not missing out on anything you know before if you went to grad school there was three years that went by and you missed out on three years of opportunities that you weren't even sure what they were going to be but there you know there was stuff going on but uh now you you're kind of almost have a certainty like okay i go to school now and i know i'm not missing much because even the professional world doesn't have all their jobs fully booked and uh there's a lot of openings so there's going to be there when I get out. Uh, does that does that change anything for you guys? I, I think uh, contrary to what he sort of alluded to, I think that uh, there's more jobs out there right now because so many organizations have have you know 
fired everyone, like whatever has gone on. But I feel like there's a lot of jobs out there now compared to when I graduated from undergrad in 2007, which was right on the cusp of the recession, right? Uh, So that's when I graduated from undergrad. And so, uh, and, and maybe it's, it's a little bit more up in your face because of social media and whatever, and it's not a piece of paper art search that you got to seek out at the main office or the library or whatever, right? Uh, I'm old. Uh, but but I, I feel like there's a lot of great opportunities out there right now, and there's a lot of companies that weren't, and, and subsets of the industry and stuff like that that didn't exist back then. Uh, that being said, I think that every job and every slot in graduate school is going to be a little bit more competitive because there is a huge uh, musical chairs of, of, of all of this, right? There was a surge in applicants for graduate programs for sure. Um, so it was more, more competitive. What's going to happen next August, right? That's what we're really talking about. If you're trying to go to grad school, you won't actually be starting till August. So, or maybe September, depending, I guess, on what part of the country you're in. Um, Are things still going to be closed down? Is the industry going to be even more open? I don't know. Herman, you might have more of an idea on that front. August feels like a really long time from now to me. Yeah, the the word on the street is that things are going to be open by mid-November and restrictions are going to go down and we'll see but you know I remember once upon a time one faithful March 13th that we were told oh we'll be back in a month and we also how that went down so it's uh, we're also kind of at a point of like yeah I'll see it when I believe it uh, or I believe it when I see it kind of thing um from as the non-academia person here uh just with my own personal experience, it it seems like this hiatus in shows has provided schools an additional opportunity that they didn't have in the sense of, I've heard of many professionals doing uh, guest lecture positions, visiting professor positions, uh, or just schools bringing on a bunch of different guest speakers and the speakers being of the caliber that as a student, you normally would not have seen. Uh, and and you're, you're getting the opportunity to hear from that professional that's been out on the road forever, or it's high up in some organization that you really like. And uh, and so that's kind of neat too, to, to be able to introduce to that. I think that's petered off a little bit. It was really strong early in the pandemic, like for six months or something, like when we, everyone was really locked down. I think people were extremely generous with their time. Um, and, and I've seen that petering off a little bit uh, as people get busier. So it's interesting, to, if, if I'm hearing correctly, uh, it sounds like we're in agreement that at this very moment, yeah, there might be a slight advantage uh, to be in grad school if you were in grad school at this very moment. Uh, but because we start because any potential incoming grad student wouldn't start until August and September. uh, We might be deferring back to uh, see previous arguments set at the top of this episode. Uh, We we might be going back to that. It sounds like, is that correct? Yeah. I mean, like I said at the beginning, I was like, well, we don't know. It depends. (laughs) It's it's really personal and really up to, uh, up to you and what your aspirations are and you know the the only clear-cut jobs that require a terminal degree are teaching right uh you know there there could be jobs that have preferred mfa preferred or whatever but if if you're not working in academia people just care that you have the skills yeah for sure Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but even the the degree aside, 
uh, speaking for myself, grad school has opened me up to uh, other, just other people, other contexts, uh, as well as other, other experiences. You know, Cause I mean, at the end of the day, regardless of what niche of the industry you're in, uh, a, a lot of our industry just works by word of mouth and, and who knows who and who gets connected. And, and, and even right now, when there is so many job opportunities out there, people are still just putting out that email to their inner circle and saying, Hey, let me know if you know of anyone uh, I'm looking for these positions. So we still kind of function like that. Um, and, and that was also a good accelerant that I got at grad school uh, into, into those inner circles of other people and organizations. Um, great. 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 I think, I think this is good. Any, any closing thoughts, any, any point that you think we've missed? Um, just to reiterate, go with your gut, and there isn't a right answer. Uh, something that I can think of, uh, just real quick, just listed off of, if you are going to grad school, uh, besides reaching out to, if you happen to know that one specific grad school that you want to go to, uh, where where can you go find grad schools? Where, where are good, some good resources? Uh, link. USITT Link and IRTA, which is the University Resident Theater Association, URTA, um, IRTA. Uh, if you're looking for costume design grad schools, I'm recruiting. <laughs> and it doesn't, it doesn't matter what year you're listening to this, Jen's recruiting. That's um, right. That's right. I'm recruiting nine months of the year, every year I'm recruiting. And I, I will also give IRTA a shout out because this podcast came from us being on a panel with our friend Bill uh, at Erda on Zoom in January of 21. So that's where that's where the podcast originated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where we were having a similar conversation as well, yeah. kind yeah. of about this topic, uh, more non-theater related. The, just the fact that you can do non-theater related things in this industry um there's other avenues there as well um cool so a couple of resources there uh to hit up uh another plug from jen we're just full of plugs today on this episode uh so go us um anything else any other closing advice i think we hit big, on a lot of things big thanks to tj for joining us yeah 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 huge shout out to him for getting this conversation rolling and uh, as always, if you're listening to this conversation, if you have other thoughts, if we missed anything, if you want to correct us on anything, um, just give us a shout out. Uh, email us, uh, social media, contact us through uh, the various, various means. Uh, otherwise, again, it's really cool to do. I still do it and I enjoy it now. Uh, tell your favorite, uh, I'm going to be very careful with the words that I use. Uh, your Amazon or Google device uh, to play your favorite podcast, which is this one, of course. Uh, cool. So thank you again to my co-hosts, Jen and Jen, John and Jen, for your time. Uh, and stay tuned for our next last call. Uh, thank you all. See you in the next one. All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to your favorite pod bar, 801 here, Critical Conversations Beyond Backstage. And uh, I find myself in yet another lucky position to welcome a special guest of ours that has joined us for this evening's last call. Uh, so why don't you take it away and give us a little introduction of yourself? Uh, hi, guys. My name is Eli Carnahan. Uh, my pronouns are he, his. And I'm a lighting design MFA at the University of Florida. It's my first year, and I'm really excited to be joining you all. Welcome, welcome, Eli. Glad to have you. And uh, first year in grad school, huh? First semester. That's that's a that's a pretty big milestone. So, congrats for you. Congrats for the uh, kicking it off on this path here. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I'll, I'll talk to you in about two and a half years and we'll see if I'm still feeling so jolly about it, but I feel good right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, you'll be a little maybe more worn out and weary at the end of it, but <laughs> hopefully you're still feeling good. Hopefully so. Uh, so, Eli, um, it, it, as our listeners may know, uh, I'd like to have a little kind of, uh, we can call it like a little warm up. Uh, but before we get to your question here, uh, and it's really just a warm up to kind of get to know yourself, uh, but it's our lightning round. So it's a very special warm up. And uh, what's going to happen is that I'm just going to be asking you uh, 10 questions. Uh, the only rule of the game is don't think really just answer the question, whatever comes to mind first, just spit it out there. All right. There's no pressure. Uh, but uh, are you prepared? Are you ready? We're going to see how uh, this goes. I've, I'm told by a reliable source that I shouldn't think before I respond. So, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> got it, got it. I, I, always, I always really wish, Jen, that we had like a lightning button right now, a thunder sound cue. Lightning <laughs> round. Uh, I'm going to, one day, one day we'll do that. Uh, okay. That's a note for John. That's a note for John. Right. <laughs> <laughs> noted noted uh okay so here we go uh we'll, we'll uh i'd like to ramp up so we'll start it off easy uh eli what was the age in which you started liking theater oh my word it would have been i was five or six so there was a there was like a summer shakespeare program that was attached to a local college in greenville uh, i'm from greenville south carolina i can't remember if i said that um, but we would go to the summer and they would cut Shakespeare down to bare bones. It would be like 80 minutes of Shakespeare and they had fun, colorful costumes and like clown noses and all that kind of stuff. And some of my earliest theater memories are going there when my mom could still pick me up. And it's, I can't, I don't remember not liking theater, I think is the answer. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a, that's a really cool experience. I don't know if I, I don't think I was really introduced to theater at that age. So that's awesome that you got that. Um, I'm going to jump off of that. Uh, you mentioned that you were from Greenville, uh, South Carolina. You are currently in Gainesville, Florida. Have you lived anywhere else? Oh boy. So th there's been quite the path. So when I graduated from college, I went to North Greenville University. Um, we, we talked a little before the show, but in, it's in the thriving metropolis of Tigerville, South Carolina, which is essentially just north of Greenville, so North Greenville. Um, once I graduated, I took a job at Florida Repertory Theater in Fort Myers. Uh, I worked there for two years, uh, and then the woman I was in love with had to move back to Virginia to be close to her family, so I moved to Norfolk so that we could be together, and that's where we got married. Um, so we lived there for two years and then it was time to go back to school. So I came to Gainesville. So a couple different places. Oh, that's cool. It's fun. A very fun romantic story in between there too. So congrats <laughs> on that. Uh, essentially you guys are still newlyweds. So congrats for that. No, for sure. Well, we were going to have, um, we were going to have like a traditional wedding and then nobody was allowed to leave their house so we ended up just eloping and like let me tell you if you go to the courthouse they don't ask you like if this is the right choice you know they don't care they're like here's a piece of paper sign it <laughs> and you're married there was a woman in front of us who was getting divorced you know and this was during the election so there's a woman in front of us getting divorced and there's a map right beside us with the cnn map of all of the states turning red and blue and it was it was a tie when we were getting married so it was very stressful um anywho that that's my wedding story you didn't ask but there it is i love it i love it i'm also imagining like the uh the the the, the ticket counter thing at the deli uh, the ticket take like next wedding or divorce what you got next <laughs> you're not far off is the thing. like i wish i'm kidding that's about it <laughs> uh okay we're gonna continue the fun here uh what's your favorite superhero favorite superhero is captain america 100 and yeah. i don't i would have told you when i was a kid 
Well, when I was a kid, it was Superman. And like Superman stood for truth, justice in the American way. And I, I sort of grew up and I like, I drew, I gravitated towards Captain America for a couple of reasons. I think, I think there's something just inherently compelling about superheroes who are just out of their element. Like they're just way out of their weight class. You know, like this is a guy with tights and a shield going up against gods. Like that's cool. Absolutely. And I think, I think Steve Rogers specifically in the modern interpretations stands for what America should be, not for what it is. And I, I think like you need an ideal, like an ideal person. And that's kind of what I go for. Wow. These answers, Eli, I'm loving them. Loving them. Uh, I'll be here all evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're, you're seeming like a fun guy here. So uh, my, my next question is, uh, I feel like you're someone that likes games. I'm talking about sure. like, like, like board game type games, not like video gamer type games. Okay. Uh, so in the non-video game world, what is your favorite game? See, that's tough. I, I was told not to think, but here I am. Well, here, here's the thing now. I have, a couple, I have a couple different answers, but whenever I go home, I play Scrabble with my mom because nobody else will play with her because she's too good. <laughs> so... I, I think it's Scrabble, honestly. Like yeah. when I was a kid, my parents, I did those like um those like library readathons over the summer, where if you read enough books, they would give you pizzas. Yeah. Um, so I just <laughs> ate books like they were food when I was a kid. So it's like playing Scrabble with mom is like trying to compete with someone who read just as much as I did and has done so for 30 more years than I have. So <laughs> it gets competitive. It's pretty fun. Yeah. That's awesome. I suck at Scrabble personally, but it's awesome. But I did do that that Pizza Hut book it program. See, yeah, that's exactly what it was. You got the pizza, it was like that big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was great. Love that pizza. Uh okay. Uh heading back to the lighting field. Uh Eli, you you now know uh that I too am of a lighting background. So we're gonna mm-hmm. geek out here a bit. Um, what is your favorite type of light? What is my favorite? Uh, I think the, I'm going to go with the luster two, the, um, the ETC one. I think it's, it's a classic package, but it has new parts inside of it. We're talking about the, the, the ETC Lico. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. The, um, the, the source four led. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the luster, that's what you said, the luster, gotcha. gotcha. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. and I haven't gotten a chance to try one of the new ones, but the new ones have the, the deep red color chip. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what we've been missing, and I'm so excited. Like, mm. I'm, I'm practically drooling thinking about getting one, but <laughs> we, we were actually ordering one for, like, a rental at UF, and it didn't come through, and the package came, and it was just the normal the second generation one and i went i've seen this one before and i just closed the box and pushed it away <laughs> boring exactly <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah that color rendering is getting better and better as time goes on i i would have told you that they will never fully replace incandescent i think i'm gonna eat my words in the next five years or so we're not quite yeah. there but i think in the next five years yeah a lot of people said that at one point so you're not alone in that statement um mm-hmm. And I think along the same lines, what's getting a little generational here, uh, what is your favorite gel? Oh, I, it's Mayan Sun. The, the, the Roscoe gel, Mayan Sun. And I'm like, I feel like such a bad designer. I'm blanking on what the number is. I want to say it's 321, but it's Mayan Sun. Somebody will yell at me, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I feel like you're reaching towards a swatch book there like you have it that handy no listen i have my lee one in front of me that's what that's what messed me up i was looking for my roscoe on and it must be in the crate behind me um <laughs> uh, uh, a favorite lighting designer or or a specific show's design that you uh kind of inspire to that you that you appreciate um a show that's been really inspirational to me in the past month or so i had tickets to see the rammstein stadium tour when it was coming to the united states and they only come every like decade or so because they're from germany they have no reason to leave germany 
-hmm. and the stop that I was going to go to, like the pandemic halted it. So the tour stop that was coming to DC, that's the one I was going to go see. And then they had to cancel that stop when they moved the tour to a year later. But I found a recording of that tour on YouTube and the lighting is absolutely incredible. It is just this gigantic stadium tour where it's just pyro and they have towers distributed just to get all the haze in the air. And it's like two hours of just ridiculous spectacle and pyro and just there's so much in there. And that's what I've been watching recently, which has gotten me in the mood for some of the projects I've been working on. (laughs) Another very unique answer. Do you know that the lighting designer's name for that? Is he also German? Uh, No, and I would have been able to tell you, and I don't have it in front of me right now. So I do apologize to you, sir. You are (laughs) a fantastic designer and I hope to cross paths with you. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to him, shout out to him. what aspect of lighting do you hope to go to for, towards? Well, it's it's interesting. I chose UF because uh, my professor, Stan Kay, does a lot of work in architectural consulting. And I was sitting at home unemployed going, there's got to be a way I can dovetail what I know how to do into something else. So I came to UF to do architectural consulting. And now that I'm back and I'm doing theater again, I've got the bug again. So I'm not sure. Like I I like doing what I do. It's it's a lot of fun. And when there's not a global plague happening, it's good work. (laughs) So I I think I'll, I'll do anything once. So I'm hoping to do some of the entertainment design down in Orlando. I'm hoping to do more theater. I'm hoping to light a couple buildings. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Light is fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good answer. Good answer. Okay. So wrapping this up, uh two more. What's your favorite holiday? Uh Christmas. Christmas. Good one coming yeah, up. For sure. I mean Christmas is uh, I play Scrabble with my mom. I watch Christmas movies. I watch Die Hard with my dad. You know, like there's too many traditions. <laughs> nice. And if you had you, so you have to do one of these two. You have to do them. So which one would you pick? Bungee jumping or skydiving? Skydiving. Oh, easy. Absolutely. Skydiving. Yeah. I, yeah. I hope someday before I get old enough or I can't do it anymore. I want to be certified to the point where I don't have to skydive with a person. Like they normally like strap you to like a certified person. I, I want to be that guy and, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. and just be by myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you got to do a certain amount of hours, but that's a great one. Oh, for sure. Uh, cool. Cool. Well, you survived the lightning round there, uh, sharing some excellent answers, some great stories. So, uh, all right, Eli. So now getting really to uh, the meat of it here, uh, what's going to kick off our next episode uh your 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 uh your contribution here to to the episode what do you what do you got to us what are you bringing forward to the table so jen and i are actually serving on the same committee at uf we are both on the committee to choose the new works for the what is it the 23 24 season which it's really great that's going to be my third year so presumably my thesis comes from that season so I have a great like invested interest in it but some of the conversations we've been having are in picking classic works sometimes you see there's a lot of content that is out of date at best and objectionable at its worst so my question is when does a work being a classic stop excusing it and like that's something that's been interesting to me because like I got into theater because I wanted to be a director and being in lighting having like a director's mentality has really helped me in a lot of projects that I've worked on and as a director you kind of have to approach a work as a whole and what is the work saying as a whole but on the like on the same scale of that you need to 
way do the part all of the individual parts of this justify the whole and in a lot of classic works we make excuses for it's like oh they didn't know any better in the 50s which i would say is sometimes not true often not true so that's my question and i'd love to hear what you guys think yeah yeah that's very it's very interesting it's definitely a different aspect uh a, a different angle that we we haven't talked about on this podcast uh i will tell you right now you have forced me to go out and do some research myself uh because there's there's definitely we we know like there's the classic works that kind of get revamped reconceptualized uh death of a salesman for example i think that's still on broadway uh at the moment right every year Shakespeare is still being done by somebody somewhere, uh, multiple companies, you know. Uh, but yeah, and uh, and and all those scripts have that that little what do we call it? that little nuance, if you will, of that that every director I'm sure has kind of tackled of like, are we going to stay true to it? Are we going to change it? Are we going to update it? Um, oh, there was that uh, Trinity rep situation too, where uh, Christmas Carol, uh, new language you got inserted into into that. Uh, another Charles Dickens classic, and it got reworked to something more modern. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, uh, very, very interesting topic here, uh, Eli. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm gonna go do my uh, homework here so I can, make sure that I'm, I, I, I feel like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, but thank you. <laughs> thank you for, be, for taking the time out to join us here at our pod bar. Uh, we're, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun talking about this topic and see where it heads off. Uh, and hopefully that kind of opens up more channels of conversation around you, around us, around this pod bar uh, that we can kind of share and continue that conversation. Uh, Cause it's certainly, and every day and every year kind of thing it's in seasonal seasonal planning happens every year um so thank you again eli for your time thank you absolutely thanks for having me yeah and to everyone else stay tuned for uh this response and uh let's see how that goes so to all a good night